So tonight I wanted to talk about one of the most famous lines in the entire Torah. And it is so famous a line that our own Emmanuel scholar, Rabbi Lawrence Kushner, wrote an entire book on one line of the Torah. And the line is in Vayetze, this week's Torah portion. And the book is called, God was in this place and I, I did not know. Anybody knows what that refers to? I'm not letting you out to drink beer until somebody can volunteer. What, what is this line referring to? Who said it? Jacob's Ladder. All right, I will buy you a soda. Um, <laughs> or anything you want to drink. It's free downstairs. Don't worry, Shabbat. Um, so it refers to Jacob's Ladder. And in Vayetze, which talks about Jacob going out um, from being with his family, um, it's not a very pretty leave-taking when Jacob leaves his family because he has just stolen the birthright and the blessing of the firstborn from his brother Esau. Um, and Esau is very angry. And his mother Rebecca sends him on his way on this journey that seems like a physical journey and ends up being this very intense um, spiritual journey for him. As I'm sure he has a lot of fear because his blind father has given him the blessing of the firstborn, which should have gone to his brother Esau. Um, and it's interesting because when they were born, he so much wanted to be the firstborn, um, they were twins and they wrestled in the womb, that when his brother came out, Jacob was actually holding on to the heel of Esau. And Esau pulled him out of the womb as if Jacob was trying to yank him back in and come out first. So um, the word Jacob, the name Jacob comes from the Hebrew word ekev, which means heel. Mm. You can bring that up downstairs to the late Shabbat if somebody just comes from the party. You can act very knowledgeable about it. So, Jacob is on his way, and he gets to the middle of the desert in what we'd call a God-forsaken place, in the middle of the wilderness, and he takes a rock, and he puts it under his head as a pillow, and he has this dream, and he dreams about a ladder that reaches from earth to heaven, and he, he says that there were angels that were ascending to heaven and then descending. And what Rabbi Kushner does is he... Uh, writes this book, it's nine different chapters, one commentator each rung of the ladder, nine different chapters, on what each one of these commentators has to say about generations and generations, from second century Palestine all the way to 18th century Russia, all of the Shalshelet Kabbalah, or this, this chain of transmission um, about this story. And what Rabbi Kushner points to, and I'm not going to do all nine chapters, because I promised that we'd be out of here by 1 a.m., um, ser sermon will be over at midnight, um, is um, this idea of our mystical tradition. Um, and he points to the great uh, Jewish mystical historian Gershom Sholem, who says the ultimate question is not, what is the meaning of life, or why am I here? But Gershom Sholem says, the ultimate question is just, who? Um, which also is very much like the Zen monk um, who, after years of contemplation, thought that he was asking the ultimate question, and he asked, who am I? And then a voice inside of him said, who's asking? So it's a very internal moment that Jacob has because when Jacob wakes up from this dream, he realizes there's some kind of transformation that's taken forth, and that's when he says, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And when I was present in my dream, God was in this place, and I did not know it. And so Kushner writes about this um, as the ultimate moment of hineni, or of being totally present. And 
he says in this chapter that it's about awareness because Rashi would have probably said that you could retranslate this line, and I love this as, if I had known God was here, I wouldn't have gone to sleep. If I, if I knew that there was something amazing, miraculous, something that's not about the material world, but about the divine, um, maybe I would have been totally present and not gone to sleep. Now think about the things that have kept you up at night that aren't divine, right? Alec and Inbal, you're about to experience that for the next 18 years. <laughs> Although he, he is divine. Um, but this idea of being totally present um, is something that I think is sometimes lost on us because um, we are so preoccupied with other things. And there's a great Hasidic story about um, students that are studying with the great Hasidic master, the Baal, Baal Shem Tov, who was the founder of Hasidism. And after evening prayers, he would invite everybody into his room and he would expound incredible messages until the middle of the night. And one night, it was almost dawn. He had been talking for six, seven hours. And as the students streamed out, one student turned to the others and said, I'm a little bit embarrassed. I'm just so sorry that I monopolized that entire teaching. The Baal Shem Tov was talking only to me. And the second student said, what are you talking about? The Baal Shem Tov was having an intimate conversation not with you, with me. And the third student said, you're both wrong. You couldn't tell he was looking directly into my eyes. And then all the students went silent. Because at that same moment, they realized that that was really a divine present moment. When each one of them felt kind of held and captured and captivated by that teaching. And that's the way Torah is supposed to be for us. That it's many different voices, but it's supposed to captivate each one of us in an incredibly present moment. And there's many times, not just in the dream state, that our ancestors are, act, are asked to be hineni, are asked to be totally present. So I want you to just take a moment, and you don't have to think back to 4,000 years, just think back to this week, a time when you were really, really present, really aware of yourself, of someone else, of the blessing of being alive. That's what we're supposed to do on Shabbat is contemplate it. And I'll tell you one moment where I hadn't been on BART for a long time. And I mean, a really long time, I guess, because I got onto BART to go to the East Bay, and I sat down, and there was literally not one person to talk to. Not one person looked at me. Every single person on this crammed train was looking down at something. Um, and only one guy across the aisle from me had this old thing that he was looking at the head pages. He was reading a book. <laughs> and I, I, I was really disturbed, and I think I was staring at him for a long time, and he walked over to me and he said, do we know each other? <laughs> and I said, well, I, I remember you. <laughs> You're like from another time period. Out of 60, 70 people, he was the only one reading a book. But I, I focused on each person, and I just looked. And not one person looked back at me. And it reminded me so much of one of my rabbinical school professors, Rabbi Eugene Borowitz, who said that when he would take the subway back from New York to Brooklyn, he would sit on the subway if he had a seat, or he would be crammed in, and he would look into humanity's faces, no matter who it was, no matter what religion, what color, what creed they were, he would look at every single person's face and he would, in his own mind, say, created in the image of God. Created in the image of God. Created in the image of God.
created in the image of God. It was a long subway trip. But he believed it. And it made his present moment so much more human and humane and menschy. And I bring that up because I think a lot of the times we hear a lot of sounds, but we don't know what to do when they are startling to us. And we get startled for a moment out of whatever it is that's keeping us from being hinani, from being present. And uh, two days ago, um, you might have heard that there was a student from Maybeck High School in Berkeley who's a senior. He's 18 years old. He was coming back from AC Transit um, to Oakland, and he fell asleep on the bus. Uh, and as a senior, he um, represents as agender. His name is Sasha, and he doesn't think of himself as a man or a woman, and he wears a skirt to school. And so this 18-year-old high school senior, his name is Sasha, falls asleep on the back of the AC-57, and 16-year-old gets on the bus and sees him, takes a lighter, and lights the skirt on fire. Two days ago, in Berkeley. He was lit on fire, and the other people on the bus came to his rescue and put out the fire, um, but he had third-degree burns all over his legs. So they got him on an ambulance. They brought him to the hospital immediately, and he is going to have to have skin grafts in order to survive. And the 16-year-old um, student um, from Oakland High School that had set him on fire when they found him and arrested him said, that kid was gay, and I'm homophobic. That's why I did this. So today at Maybeck High School, there's a picture of every single student and teacher, administrator, and principal wearing a skirt. And they took a picture and they sent it to Sasha in the hospital to remind him that he's not really that different from any one of us and that Sasha is B'Tselem Elohim in the image of God, just like every one of you here. Shabbat Shalom. So 